Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Justin Charles, John Nye, and Josh All. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast presented by Omaha Steaks. Spring is in the air and it has been beautiful this week in Ohio. Make sure you head over to omahasteaks.com right now. Take advantage of their semi-annual 50% off site-wide sale and use code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, when you check out and get an extra $30 off your order today. There ain't nothing better to do in spring than do some grilling. Today, I just want to say happy Easter to everybody out there. We at the Dogs, we are spending today with our families. Uh, we're having a great time. This is a pre-recorded video. Obviously, they all are, but I just want to let everybody know that we're thinking about you here on Easter. Hope everybody out there is having a great time, great day with your family, and just enjoy it. Hopefully, you're getting some sunshine as well. Today on this episode, what I want to do is I really want to highlight a player on the Cleveland Browns that I think has been a little overlooked that I think we have spent a lot of time talking about this position in general, specifically as a position of need for the Browns and where we need to upgrade, we have upgraded. But I also think that part of the upgrade that we're hoping for with the Browns already exists on the roster. And that player I want to talk about today is wide receiver David Bell. But before we dive into everything with David Bell, just want to remind everybody, check us out on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Please like this video, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We love all you guys. Thank you for helping us build this platform, build this podcast to what it's become. If you if you want to help support the show, a brand new thing, for 99 cents, you can become a YouTube Dog Pack supporter right here. Become a member on our YouTube channel. And what that gives you at 99 cents, that's all it takes, you get a badge a level badge next to your name so every time you comment or talk to us in the chat or anything your your name pops up with what level you are a little icon right next to your name so you know you start out level one i think there are eight levels total you go all the way up to the orange browns helmet and you get emojis dogs browns emojis to use in the chat so it's just really cool like i said 99 cents a month if you can support the show for a buck we really appreciate it we love doing this content and we want to keep bringing you guys more and more as much as we possibly can so we talked earlier in the week about michael woods rupturing his achilles getting injured he's out for the season horrible just devastating situation for him and it hurts the team because i, th- I think that michael woods was a guy a big but bigger bodied receiver we don't have a ton of them on the Browns right now. So he was a guy that, you know, as a six round pick, like I mentioned before, and I know Derek really honed in on this on his episode, talking about Jonathan Mingo, who I do think would be really nice if the Browns would add him. But 
the wide receiver depth chart is a little bit shaky right now just because, you know, obviously we've got Amari Cooper at the top. We talked about that. DPJ is our number two, but arguably Elijah Moore can now become the number two. Elijah Moore, the ceiling is, or I'm sorry, Elijah Moore, the sky is the limit for him. I really do believe so. I think he's got so much talent, just needs to put it all together on the football field, and now he's got a brand new opportunity to do so. But a guy who also just needs an opportunity on the football field is David Bell. David Bell was a third-round pick by the Browns last year in the NFL draft, picked 99 overall, so he made the top 100. This is a guy that we did not spend enough time talking about last offseason. He ended up getting hurt in the preseason, so he didn't get a whole lot of run. And for a rookie, especially coming into a situation where you're going to have a backup quarterback for the majority of the season, and the, the coaching staff needs to make sure that the guys who are on the field are guys that they can depend on and trust because you're not playing with top the, the top level at your quarterback position. So having Jacoby Brissett at quarterback was nice. Nothing against Jacoby. He played very well for us last year. Hats off to Jacoby Brissett. Thank you for everything you did for Cleveland last year in 2022. We do appreciate it. But the fact remains that Jacoby Brissett is not a starting level caliber quarterback in the NFL. So when you have your secondary option at quarterback, you want to make sure that the weapons around him are as good as you can have. And throwing out a third round rookie who missed the preseason due to an injury, who is not up to speed with everything else, with all the players, with the chemistry, all this and that and the other, it's just not ideal. So David Bell's opportunities in 2022 were very limited, but I think as I go through some of the stats here to show you why I am so high on David Bell as a sleeper breakout for the Cleveland Browns in 2023, I'll show you some stats that actually show that he might have been on the field and participating in the Browns game plan more than we realized. Okay, so let's dive into the stats. Let's go back. I want to start with David Bell's junior season, his last season in college at Purdue. 2021, PFF grade. 87.5. That was 16th best in the nation. He was tied with Jahan Dotson, who ended up being a first-round pick last year. He was tied with Jordan Addison, who's projected to be a first-round pick this year. His grade versus man coverage was 81.3. His grade versus zone, 80.8. And like we talk about, we're not just using PFF grades to say a guy is good or bad. Let's actually break down the context of those grades. So in 2021 at Purdue, David Bell caught 93 receptions on 133 targets 1,275 yards and six touchdowns. Now, one misconception here, I think, about David Bell that I've heard a lot of Browns fans talk about is that David Bell's a slot guy. Well, Elijah Moore comes in to play the slot. Well, David Bell's out of a job. In 2021, as a junior at Purdue, David Bell actually only played 16% of his snaps from the slot. David Bell played 84% of his snaps out wide. So everybody who's trying to shove David Bell into this, you know, he's strictly a slot receiver role might need to rethink that based on how he was utilized in college and where he excelled, what role that he excelled in. I think David Bell needs more credit as an outside receiving target. Now, size-wise, David Bell's not a small guy. He's six foot one, two twelve. So I, somebody was throwing around numbers saying, "Well, we don't have you know we only have one receiver over six foot two. Well, why is six foot two the cutoff? I mean, David Bell at six foot one is a very good sized receiver now 212 okay you see him on the field he's a little bit slim for his height and everything but it does the the guy is not a small slot receiver like I believe 
there's this misconception amongst a lot of Browns fans thinking that that is his only role. It's just not true. In 2021, as a junior, David Bell played the ninth most snaps at the wide receiver position in the entire country. He played 490 snaps. He played on 96.3% of his team's passing snaps. So this kid was always on the field. He was ultra reliable. He was dependable. He never came off the field. So that means he's on the field. He's blocking. He's running routes. He's doing all the things. He's being a decoy when they need to be be a decoy. He's being the guy when they need him to be the guy, which we'll go through those numbers as well. David Bell was the man at Purdue on the football field in 2021 for his team. He was 12th overall in the whole country on yards after the catch. He had 536 yak yards. That means 42% of his yards came after the catch. Just to put that into some context with some other guys, Drake London, first-round pick last year, was at 42%. Jackson Smith and Jigba, probably going to be a first-round pick this year. He was at 48%. Garrett Wilson, first-round pick, was at 39%. So David Bell actually had higher yak yardage than a guy like Garrett Wilson. His yards per route run was 2.7. That was 37th among wide receivers with 50-plus targets. He had a 10.7 ADOT average depth of targets. That means when he was getting targeted, he was being targeted for a first down on average. Passer rating when targeted, 127.9. He only had five drops on 133 targets. That's another big thing that Kevin Stefanski really hyped up about David Bell coming in last year was the guy catches the ball. You don't have to worry about him dropping passes. He's, he's sure-handed. And we saw that last year in limited opportunity, which, again, we'll go through those stats here in a minute. In 2021, 11 contested catches on 26 targets. That was good for 42.3 contested catch rate. To put that into context, Garrett Wilson was at 61.5, pretty high. But a guy like Traylon Burks, who was kind of touted as like a contested catch guy, was 43.8. Very, very on par with David Bell. Jahan Dotson was even lower than David Bell to 41.7. So let's put his contested catch stuff and all this, these numbers, these stats into some context. Who was David's Bell quarterback at Purdue? Aiden O'Connell. Okay, so Aiden O'Connell is actually going into the draft this year here in 2023. Some of the stuff on him that I was reading about, now I haven't done any tape you know, evaluation of Aiden O'Connell. He's not a big name guy. He's, he's not going to be an impact player at the NFL level, but it's important to note that the NFL scouting reports have him as, you know, his, his mid to intermediate levels of the field, you know, he was pretty decent at, but when, once he was trying to go deep, he didn't have the arm strength. He didn't have the accuracy. So it kind of, it, it, for me, it lends to the 42% contested catch rate down the field for David Bell is pretty impressive considering that he did not have a quarterback that was putting contested catch targets in a very catchable position, if that makes any sense. Finally, here in 2021, David Bell played in 11 games. Seven of those 11 games, he was over 100 yards. Two of those games, he was over 200 yards. He had four games with 10-plus receptions. He played in the Big Ten. He played against decent competition. Uh, When when they played ninth-ranked Michigan State, He went 11 for 217 yards and a touchdown. The following week, they played sixth-ranked Ohio State. 11 more catches for 103 yards. The guy was unstoppable. And while 2021 was an absolutely phenomenal season for David Bell, here's the top reason that I have high hopes for him in his second year with the Browns. This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Spring is in the air, and that can only mean one thing. 
spring grilling. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to spring into something delicious with their semi-annual sale. With 50% off site-wide, grab all your favorites like perfectly aged, tender steaks, ocean-fresh seafood, juicy burgers, incredible air-chilled chicken, and decadent desserts. Plus, when you go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S at checkout, you'll get an extra $30 off your order. It's the perfect way to get fired up and spring into something special. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use code DOGS at checkout. Take advantage of this deal right now. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away, and you're going to want to hurry because 50% off site-wide is only happening for a limited time. So don't miss your chance to save big right now. Visit omahasteaks.com. Use code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, at checkout. Get that additional $30 off when you shop their semi-annual sale today. Minimum order may be required. In 2019, David Bell was a, a true freshman in college, 18 years old. He played all 12 games. He caught 86 receptions for 1,035 yards and seven touchdowns. As a freshman, as an 18-year-old, going up against uh, defensive backs and safeties in the Big Ten who are you know, 20, 21, maybe 22 years old, some of them, here's this 18-year-old kid coming right out of high school, and he's absolutely dominating them. Over his first three games as a freshman, he only had six receptions. That includes one game where he only caught one pass for negative one yard. And then he went on an absolute tear after that. Six of his nine remaining games as a freshman, he put up over 100 yards. Three of those remaining nine games, he had 10 plus receptions. So the, the domination that you saw out of David Bell as a junior in 2021, he had already started that and established that precedent as a freshman two years earlier when he was 18 in 2019 at Purdue. As a freshman against number 15th ranked Iowa, David Bell had 13 catches for 197 yards and a touchdown. So the guy had over 10 receptions, almost 200 yards and a touchdown against a ranked opponent in the Big Ten as a freshman. That's mind-blowing. Like that is, that is very impressive. He played the seventh most snaps in the nation as a freshman. So just like I talked about when he was a junior in his last year in college, the kid was always on the field because he was that good. The coaches could leave him on the field. He was dependable. He was reliable. He could execute what they were asking him to do at a young age. And that's important. Again, as a freshman, caught 20 of 45 contested targets for a 44% contested catch rate. Those 45 contested catch targets were the most in college football for players with over 50 targets. So think about that. As a freshman, Nobody in 2019, and that includes guys like Jamar Chase, nobody was being targeted at a higher clip in contested situations than David Bell. He won Big Ten Conference Freshman of the Week four times, second team all Big Ten, Big Ten Freshman of the Year. His college dominator rating in 2021 ended up being a 35.1. Over his career, his college dominator rating was a 28%. So dominator rating just looks at the number of touchdowns and yards a guy commands within his own offense. So to have a dominator score of, of 28 for your career is absolutely insane. Again, for context, a guy like Drake London was down at 21, Garrett Wilson at 20, Chris Olave at 20, Jamison Williams was at 16%. So his 28% dominator rating over his college career is very impressive. Elijah Moore, now the you know new Cleveland Brown, had a 29% in college. Jamar Chase was a 28%. A guy like Jalen Waddell was just 16% uh, dominator rating in college. So David Bell had a dominator rating among young elite wide receivers in the NFL right now. 
His college target share was 28.7, which is extraordinary. And his breakout age, like I've been harping on here, 18 years or 18.7. So he was 18 years old when he broke out in college. Anything under 20 years old is considered exceptional. Okay, so, so then why was David Bell not drafted any higher than he was? He didn't test very well at the NFL Combine. He was he, he came out slow for a wide receiver, 46540. That was 15th in his class amongst wide receivers. His speed score was 89.4, which was 35th in his class. And burst score 115, that was 19th in his class. Now his agility score was 11.71, that was good for 8th in the class amongst wide receivers. His athleticism score was a 51, which is absolutely horrible. That was 35th in the entire class. But his production score was 86. Obviously, we've we've gone through the stats in his college career. That was second in the entire class. And, you know, you guys understand why. Like I said, we just talked about that. His NFL draft profile noted over and over that his best weapon, and we know this, is his route running. He has the balance and the agility you know, to, to execute more complex route tree, which most rookies don't necessarily have an extensive route tree to begin with, but David Bell is a different story. And honestly, if you read through the draft profile weaknesses, really, it's not that bad for David Bell gets bounced off balance inside routes that can be fixed at the pro level, smooth, but just average suddenness. Okay. That can be coached with a good wide receiver coach. Downfield routes are one speed. He can work on that. Lacks optimal body type for combat catches. Get in the weight room. He's no, David Bell has all the tools that the Browns need for him to be a successful wide receiver for us. So let's just dive into his rookie season, okay? He played in all... Well, I shouldn't say that. So let's dive into his rookie season. Played 16 out of the 17 games. Caught 24 passes on 35 targets for 214 yards. No touchdowns. He had a 68.5 catch rate, 8.9 yards per route. He had a 68.5 catch rate, 8.9 yards per reception. Contested catch rate, on par with his college career, 40%. He had 256 total air yards. He played on, now this is interesting. These are kind of the numbers that I was alluding to earlier. David Bell played on 47.7% of the team's snaps. So David Bell almost played half of the Browns offensive snaps in 2022. He operated 62.1% out of the slot. So that's different than what happened in college. Like I said, he was only 16% out of the slot in college, 62% last year with the Browns. He had a 54.3% route participation over half. Despite not being noticed much, he still had 12.6% target share. So when you're looking at target share for wide receivers, I believe your number one wide receivers are going to be somewhere around the 20% or higher, 20 to 25, anything higher than that's just off the charts, you know, really good for a number one wide receiver. So for David Bell to not even be the three or really even the four wide, fourth wide receiver for the Browns last year, he still had a 12.6% target share. His catchable target rate was 77.1. 68.5% catch rate, but his true catch rate, and we talked about this with, with Elijah Moore, who actually had, it was something like 108% true catch rate, meaning that he was catching more passes than analytics that he should be able to based on the, uh, the target quality. David Bell's true catch rate was 88.9%, meaning he was catching a lot of these passes. And that takes into account, you know, passes and targets thrown to him that aren't deemed catchable. 0.77 yards per route run. Like to see that come up. That's pretty low. That's a lot lower than his 2.7 in college. But I also think that's a result of him working 62% out of the slot and not having a ton of opportunity to go with it. 
Now here's here's the the stats that show you that David Bell is continuing to excel in what he already does so well. Target separation. David Bell's target separation was 2.5 yards with an average cushion of 4.75 yards. So let's break that down compared to a couple other guys. Let's go to another two first round rookies. Garrett Wilson had a 1.7 yard target separation. David Bell, 2.5. Chris Olave, 1.5. So an entire yard of separation less than David Bell. And these two were first round rookies who actually just blew up in the rookie season, had great seasons. Um, Cushion for Garrett Wilson, 4.77. And Olave, 5.5. So David Bell's right in the range of some of these other rookies. I just wanted to pick a couple to compare to, guys that you know we all know were very successful last year. But this target separation number, 2.5 yards, that's showing right there that David Bell, despite not having tested very well with his speed and not having you know superior athleticism, doesn't really matter. He's going to be able to get open. And when you have a guy who's got such a low drop rate, he is known, his reputation is being known for not dropping passes. If he's open, you throw him the ball, he's catching it. it, it that, that, that's a recipe for success. And that's why Kevin Stefanski was so excited and so adamant during the draft process that David Bell had to become a Cleveland Brown. You know, he wasn't just the best option on the board for the Browns when they were at pick 99 in the third round. Kevin Stefanski, this has been this has been reported. He was texting Paul D. Podesta and Andrew Barry during the second round, constantly reminding them, hey, if David Bell's available when we get to the third at 99, I need him. I need David Bell. Get me David Bell. And then when Stefanski and Bell sat down for the first time, and this was on an episode of Building the Browns, Kevin said, So you were the first guy I watched? And I, right away, I was like, we need to get this guy. You can ask for a GM. I was like, this day needs in with David Bell on our team. Just your ability to catch the ball, mm-hmm. which I think is the best in draft, your ability to get open. Just who you are as a person. Yeah. That fits who we are. Appreciate that. Yeah. Thankful. You were the first guy I watched, and right away, I was like, we need to get this guy. You can ask our GM. I was like, this day needs to end with David Bell on our team. Just your ability to catch the ball which I think is the best in the draft, your ability to get open, and just who you are as a person fits who we are. So David Bell fits what Kevin Stefanski wanted to bring in on offense. Now, like I said, we've heard it a lot. David Bell was hardly used last year. Well, he may not have been targeted a ton. His numbers aren't big by any stretch of the imagination, but it's it's the underlying numbers that we really need to look at. It's that 12 whatever it was, 12.8% target share, that he actually did receive quite a bit of the target share for the role that he was he was playing last year. He was on the field for almost half of the snaps. He ran over half of the routes, or participated in over half of the routes run. So David Bell was involved in the game plan last year. He just was not getting the, the targets from Jacoby Brissett, which makes sense because like I talked about at the top of the video, you've got a backup quarterback, coming in, trying to execute the offense, and he knows he's got to be the starter for the majority of the year. He's going to guys he trusts. He's going to proven veterans that he knows he can rely on with proven track records. Amari Cooper got the targets, and even he wasn't utilized that much right at the beginning, if you remember that first game. It, it took some time for Jacoby Brissett to develop the trust with him, but once it was there, he he targeted Amari Cooper heavily. DPJ, same situation. There were games whenever DPJ was like, where is this guy? Like, is he not even out on the field? Jacoby just wasn't throwing him the ball. There was just not a lot of trust there. And the, a lot of it, too, 
Jacoby needed to learn how to trust himself as the starter of the Browns to, to go out there and lead the offense. That didn't happen just right away. So Jacoby was working with himself. He was working on trust building with his receivers. And it just did not happen with a third-round rookie who was unproven and sitting there not having participated in the preseason and all that stuff because of the injury. The cards were stacked against David Bell having a successful rookie campaign. But I do believe, barring any injury, as long as he stays healthy, David Bell is going to pop off the tape come you know, June, July, August, when we're up there at the, the mini camps, when we're at training camp, when we're looking at the preseason games. I do think that David Bell can be a very significant rotational piece in this offense. He could put up some decent numbers here in 2023. And the thing is, we don't need him to be a thousand yard receiver for the Browns. Not right now. But like Derek was talking about the other day, DPJ's contract is coming due next year. So say he goes out and wants, you know, he he commands more money on the market than the Browns are willing to offer him to retain him. Well, we could use these younger guys that we're developing to take that step forward and show that they can be dependable, reliable targets for the for Deshaun Watson in the offense. David Bell can be that guy. Just go back, look at his college production, watch any of the tape. This kid was absolutely dominant. I mean, when you dominate the Big Ten at age 18, the way he did, guys, what did I what did I say? Six of the last nine games of his freshman season were over 100 yards. At 18 years old, this kid was absolutely tearing it up. And I, I'm very excited that he's on the Browns. I don't want to, I know I might sound like I'm overhyping him here a little bit, but the fact is I'm high on him. I really am. I was high on him last year. I do think that the cards, like I said, were stacked against him. I think that the numbers show that he was utilized. He was participating in the game plan. He just was not being targeted at a high enough clip to be noticed. But I'm telling you, there were times last year when David Bell got targets and I thought, okay, this kid, this kid can play football. So that's my breakdown on David Bell looking back at his college production, looking at what he did last year as a rookie with the Browns and kind of projecting ahead and saying, I think that David Bell can be a strong contributor on offense at the wide receiver position for the Browns in 2023 and beyond. So let me know what you guys think. Drop your comments in the, in the comments section below this video. I really want to hear from you. I want to know, are you guys as high on David Bell as I am? Am I crazy? I'll get the other guys' opinions next week when we get back together in the studio. See what they think. I'm probably the highest on him. That would be my guess. But I've also done the research, so that's why I'm high on him. But you guys let me know what you think. Drop it in the comments. And please, like I said at the beginning of the video, join our YouTube dog pack. 99 cents is all it takes. And you get your cool emojis, you get your badge next to your name. Like it's it's a pretty cool thing. So whenever you comment on our videos, your your level, whether you're level one, two, three, all the way up to I think it's eight with the orange helmet, you gotta work to get that one. But whatever level you are pops up next to your name, it's a pretty cool deal. So check that out. And again, happy Easter to everybody out there. We'll be back with you later this week. Until we talk to you again, let's go Browns. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com.
catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.